0: Welcome to Jim Lang's Retire Secure Podcast, where smart money talks. Throughout his career, Jim Lang has made it a priority to provide his clients, readers, and friends with useful, cutting-edge information, as well as peer-reviewed financial and tax planning strategies, so that they can make the most educated decisions and really get the most out of what they've got. Please stay with us until the end so you don't miss more information on how we can help you protect your wealth and ensure your family's financial security for the next generation. And now, Jim Lang. Foundation.
1: So let's talk about the classic time to make a Roth conversion. I've been saying this for more than 20 years. So let's say that you're working, your income is way up here, and then you're going to retire. Let's say you retire at 66 and your income goes way down. And let's say, and we're not gonna talk about it much today, but let's say you're gonna hold off until 70 to collect your social security, which is what I usually recommend for the spouse with the higher earnings record. So you're in this low tax bracket between 66 and 70. Then at 70, you have to take your social security or look at another way. There's no advantage of waiting, but it's still not your full income. And then when you're 72, then you have your minimum required distribution, and you have uh, at least one, or if you're married and you're both over 72, two uh, social securities. So your income was here, it's going to go to here, and then it's going to go back up. I've always said, make the Roth conversion when you're at your lowest tax bracket, and that still is true. If you're a market timer, which we are not, but if you are, and some people even though they they won't say I'm a market timer, but they have this kind of gut instinct, if you will, that the market's going to go up, the market's going to go down. Obviously, if you think the market's going to go up, and you make a Roth IRA conversion um, when the market is down, you're going to be getting an even bigger benefit of tax-free uh, income. So usually after retirement, before required minimum distributions. But with the SECURE Act and the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017, and the sunset provisions, when we run the numbers, we are finding that more and more people should be making conversions, even if they're still working. And I don't mean for a 25-year-old, although almost certainly for a 25-year-old, but even for people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And people who are already taking minimum required distributions when in the past they were not great candidates. So our environment is changing. Um, before I go into the next story, though, I've been rattling off for a little bit. I thought I would check to see if there are questions. Um, you you know, as Erica mentioned, questions are my favorite part of the uh, workshop. And Erica, I just thought I would check in with you to see if we have any questions. And if we do, I'll take one or two questions. Otherwise, I will go into, um, let's say, the the personalization, if you will, of my own Roth story. Do we have any questions so far,
2: Aaron? We have a a bunch of questions. And I wanted to start out with one from uh, Gary. Uh, And Gary said that he is getting a little bit ahead of the talk, but it's still about Roth conversions. Um, and he's getting a little bit ahead of the talk because he just finished reading the book. Now, I'm not sure which book, but I suspect it might be the uh, an advanced reader copy of a forthcoming book. Uh, and he said he's convinced to, that he wants to do a Roth conversion. Um, he says he has a stock's, Index, a stock index fund and a bond index fund in his IRA. And he doesn't quite understand the concept of keeping bond funds in the pre tax environment and the stocks in the post tax environment, i.e., when I do the conversion, it suggests that I should move the stocks over rather than the bonds. And he was wondering if you could explain that or if he, you know.
1: Well, there's two factors here. One, which I would think is maybe even more important than the taxation. Um, which is the uh, time interval or the length of the investment of the Roth IRA conversion. Let me tell you the truth of Roth IRA conversions. Most people, not, not just most, but the vast majority of people who make Roth conversions are not going to spend them. Uh, if we go to a more basic webinar and I talk about which assets to spend first, I typically say, spend your after-tax dollars, then your IRA dollars, and your Roth IRA dollars last. And people instinctively don't wanna spend their Roth conversion dollars because they know that that money, if they let it sit, will continue to grow for the rest of their lives. Um, I'm gonna talk about the conversion I made. And at the time that that I made the big one, which was back in 1998, my plan was that was gonna be, be stretched for the life of our unborn grandchildren. So if you think about that kind of time horizon, or for most of us, let's just say for our lifetime in 10 years, we're talking about a significant long period of time. So what that would suggest is that you want to uh, convert assets that are most likely to do well in the given a long period of, um, of investment horizon. So between stocks and bonds, almost always in, in our country's history, the stocks have outperformed the bonds. So we kind of have a compelling uh, reason to um, to want to convert our uh, assets that we think are going to do better. And if we're going to be more specific, we might even not just do general stocks. We might do stocks or. Asset classes that have traditionally done better, for example, small companies, uh, value companies um, over a long period of time have done better than say the S&P or a general stock index. So that probably is one of the major, um, let's say areas. Now we used to be able to unconvert. Man, that was fun because we used to convert a whole bunch of different IRAs and then we would unconvert or recharacterize. We're not allowed to do that anymore. That was so much fun. Um, it's kind of like betting on a horse race after the race is over. We can't do that anymore. But in general, that's the most important thing. Now, in terms of asset location, that is which which dollars belong in which type of investments, well, bonds are a good thing to have in IRAs because if they are income heavy, you're not paying income taxes on the IRAs where stocks tend to have a, um, you tend to have maybe lower dividends than maybe the interest rate, but you hope to get your value in appreciation. So that's why they sometimes like to have stocks in the after-tax environment, um, bonds in the IRAs. But again, to me, if we're going to do Roth conversions, we're going to want to do that with um. Assets that are more likely to appreciate. Um, I know that my wife and I, um, we, we have, uh, we still have it. But when we converted, we had small companies, we had international companies, and we had value companies. And we have, and it's been over 20 years since we converted, we've had uh, much better than average returns, not because we're brilliant stock pickers, but because we invested in in uh, asset classes that tended to perform well over time. Why don't we take one more and then I'm going to move on.
2: Sounds good. And we will carry over as many of the questions from this morning's session and the 1.30 p.m. session to the Q&A as we can. So fear not if your question is in this session, but does not get answered. There is a high likelihood that it will be addressed. Um, So, Jim, since we were talking about Roths here, Jeff had a question. He said, can you make too many Roth conversions? If so, how do you know if you're close to that point?
1: Well, since I'm an attorney, I'm going to take any question that I get and answer any other question. So I'm not sure what too many means, but I will rephrase the question. Can you convert too much money? The answer is absolutely yes. In fact, we have found that a bunch of do-it-yourselfers have uh, sometimes over-converted. So let's say for discussion's sake that you're going to be in the uh, 22 or 24% tax bracket, and that the projection is that might be the case for the rest of your life. you say, oh boy, I wanna make a big Roth conversion and that way I won't have to take any minimum required distributions. And that will be great for my kids. So I'm going to make this, you know, a half million dollar or even sometimes a couple hundred thousand dollar and sometimes even a hundred thousand dollars more than I might recommend after learning the numbers. Um, One, you might uh, bump yourself into a higher tax for Medicare Part B. The other thing that we have found for some um, (laughs) do-it-yourselfers, nothing against engineers. My wife has a master's degree electrical engineering from Carnegie Mellon. So I love engineers, but sometimes they will not necessarily take all the uh, factors into consideration. And if you convert too much, then maybe what will happen is you convert at the 33 or higher percentage, and then you end up in retirement with a small minimum required distribution. So it would turn down to be converted at a higher rate to save taxes at a lower rate, and when you run the numbers in the long run, you'll be worse off than if you haven't done anything. Of course, the right thing to do is to get it uh, the right amount, uh, which isn't always easy to get it exactly right, but that's that's the idea, is that we're trying to come up with the right amount to convert. We're also going to try to get the right time to convert. Maybe this isn't a good year, uh, not because of the tax rates, et cetera, et cetera, but maybe because of your personal situation, maybe it's a great time to convert. So um, I think many of you know that uh, our office had a devastating fire in 1998. Uh, I was woken out of my sound sleep to come watch my my business literally up in flames. Uh, The good news was the important papers were all in uh, fireproof drawers so I can tell my will clients that I store your documents and tested fireproof drawers but basically uh, it, it more or less wiped out the office and I had to move literally within days this is in February 16th so we're talking about the beginning of tax season I didn't I was well insured but I didn't get the insurance proceeds until the next year so you know, let's say before 1998, my income was up here. 1998, my income was down here. And then after 98, when after 99, et cetera, when I was going to get the insurance proceeds and business was going to be back to normal, um, and normal for us is a constant growth in our business, it was back up to here. So I knew that we were in this low, uh, low income tax bracket For myself and my wife, who again, she's a sharp cookie and she does not like paying taxes. And I said to her, hey, I think we ought to make a Roth IRA conversion of our entire retirement plan, which was $250,000. And she did not want to do it. But one of the good things about engineers, even though, (laughs) don't take this the wrong way, even though they can be a tiny bit stubborn, And even though they think because they're experts in one area that that makes them experts in other areas, um, they do tend to be, not always, but tend to be what I call data-driven, meaning if you show them on a spreadsheet with assumptions that they can accept, okay, here's if you don't do anything, here's if you do a series of Roth conversions, or in our case, here's if you do a big Roth conversion in 1998, here's if you don't and back then they didn't have all the fancy software that we have, it, it looked like we were going to be hundreds of thousands, actually more than a million dollars better off. So the numbers said to convert everything. And that's what we did. Um, and by the way, we learned an additional lesson from that fire. We were We were right above a pizza shop and the fire was caused by Uh, An electrical problem uh, with some of the equipment in the pizza shop. And one of the additional lessons is never put your office above a pizza shop. Uh, We are now not above a pizza shop uh, because we literally had to move within days. But anyway, the point is, is that I put my money where my mouth is. We continued to make Roth IRA conversions. We continued to make Roth 401k conversions. We continue to make backdoor Roth conversions, which we'll talk about, and the results um, for our family, and this is in today's dollars, not future dollars, is that our daughter will be $1.9 million better off. Now, to be fair, since she has a disability, she will be able to stretch that inherited Roth IRA uh, for her lifetime instead of just 10 years. But even if it was just 10 years, we would still be more than a million dollars better off. So it's really important and, and and by the way so one of one of the problems that I and and frankly a lot of people that I tend to attract on these webinars is that a lot of us are quantitative and we love to think about numbers and you know we hear oh you will be better off by 1.8 million dollars um, and or our kids will and even if we say in today's dollars we don't really think about we're really changing the lives for ourselves and our kids. If we significantly cut our taxes for ourselves and our kids, we are just doing our family an enormous service. And the difference between getting this right and not only not getting it wrong, but let's say doing nothing, is often hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I sometimes don't think about the human impact of what we are doing Uh, but one of the nice things about having done this um, for so long 35 years total and maybe about 22 doing Roth conversions is we are seeing the benefits now of doing those Roth conversions back then and um, so even if even if you're thinking more of it in terms of math, which is what I tend to do. It's also good to think about the impact of, on your family and the safety and the security of our, not only ourselves, but our children, who I think are gonna have a much tougher road to hoe and a tougher environment in order to be financially comfortable without um, money that we leave them in without being smart. About money that we leave leave them um so after we after i s- said wow this is going to be great we're going to save you know over a million dollars for my family um, and if you have not recognized this by now you know i am a proselytizer no i'm not going to try to try to change your religion but i am going to try to show the benefits of a Roth IRA conversion. And I wanted to do this for as many IRA and retirement plan owners as I could. So what does a doctor do when they have maybe a new drug or a new treatment or something like that, and they want credibility? They go to a journal that is peer-reviewed, meaning that other doctors look very closely at the studies that they perform, that they protocols of the study, the results, is the article fair, et cetera, et cetera. And if it meets all those criteria, which is pretty difficult, uh, then they will publish it. And probably the best known is the New England Journal of Medicine, but there's plenty of other peer review articles for the medical community. In the tax community, the highest level of peer review article is, is a journal called the Tax Advisor. So when I realized how wonderful these Roth conversions were going to be, and you have to be approved to write an article, I went to the tax advisor uh, who who knew me because I've been writing in the IRA area, not Roth IRA because they didn't exist uh, for years. And they said, yes, write about it. I wrote about it. We ran the numbers. And uh, it was published at one article of the year. And that was the beginning of my, let's say, uh, proselytizing. Um, I spoke all over the country. I was in high demand speaking for some of the wire houses, some of the financial planning groups, uh, the CPA groups, the uh, legal groups, um, as well as end clients. So I did a lot of talking about it. I wrote three editions of Retire Secure, and in every one of them, and the one coming up is a little hint of the bonus of um, we analyze Roth IRA conversions quite a bit. We did a dedicated book on Roth IRA conversions called The Roth Revolution, which is still, by the way, um, even though it is dated, it still has the classic concepts. Um, And then, um, and again, this is a hint of what is coming, uh, our most recent book that we are still working on. In fact, my wife is actually in the other room uh, Doing some last minute proofing on it. Um, it. Retire Secure for Professors, which is great for professors, but I would say it is great for all IRA and retirement plan owners. Um, and it is the best book I ever wrote. All right? And that ends the hard copy uh, of the book when it becomes available, which will be later in January. So you can you can just ignore a couple of chapters on specifically on TIAA and for professors and get literally the best thing that we have ever written. And part of it is because we, we hired a CPA writer and we also hired another number cruncher who spent a lot of time. I put my heart and soul into it. So we, we're really on top of these Roth IRAs. We cover that at length in the book. But anyway, um, Roths and I go way back. We did this peer review article. Uh, we were featured on the, in the, on the cover story of Forbes magazine in 2019. Um, I'm a paid columnist from Forbes.com. We had 175,000 hits in the first two days of one of our articles. Um, I've been quoted 36 times in the Wall Street Journal. I I, I should have a count, but many of those had some aspect of Roth IRA conversions. um, As some of the longtime followers, Uh, you might remember my radio show that I had for about five years. And I tried to bring on the top experts like, um, you know, I had um, Jack Bogle on, I had Jane Brian Quinn on, and I had uh, who I believe were some of the top IRA experts in the country. Uh, Ed Slott is probably the best known of all of us. Uh, Bob Keebler is a little bit closer to my way of thinking. Bob is a serious number cruncher, terrific resource by the way. Uh, for let's call it advanced Roth planning. Uh, Natalie showed, who's just wonderful, and she wrote a lot, what may, many people consider the Bible for retirement plans, uh, life and death benefits for retirement assets. Uh, and we had a whole bunch of uh, IRA experts. And interestingly, every single one of them was a Roth IRA conversion of some type or another. There's no such thing as. A IRA expert who doesn't believe in Roths. And this is going to sound a little arrogant, so I apologize. But one of the reasons why I bring up the history and why I bring this up is this isn't a matter of opinion, this is a matter of math. You know, let's say that you like Barbara Streisand and I like Whitney Houston. We could argue till we're blue in the face which one is the bigger singer, the better singer. And there is no 100% objective criteria that we could all agree on. But that's not true with Roth conversions. And I'm telling you this, well, maybe I'm bragging a little bit, but I'm telling you this because I don't want you to think, well, that's Jim's opinion. I want to listen to somebody that's closer to my opinion, which is I don't like doing Roth conversions, or I only like doing small Roth conversions. And I don't want you to brush off what I'm saying, because you think it's my opinion and reasonable people can disagree. (laughs) That's just not true. Again, if you accept some of our purchasing power ideas, that it, it really is something that is a matter of math. Now, does that mean that everybody should do a big Roth IRA conversion this year? Of course not. But it's a matter of math and personal preference, obviously, um, of when and how much to do. But there, there really is no such thing as an IRA expert who says nobody should ever do a Roth conversion. So anyway, we did this peer-reviewed article. And back then, they didn't have all the fancy sp- the software that they have now. So we said, okay, let's take this. And we did it in Excel, believe it or not. And, and interestingly, we still do it in Excel for certain portions of the calculations. And we said, okay, let's let's run the numbers for our clients. And let's see if we can determine how much and when to, to do that. And we kept improving the results. We kept improving the process. And now, of course, we have the whiz software and we have... This, um, actually some of the same people who, who did the calculations more than 20 years ago um, still still working with us and then we have some new blood but they're all the people who are doing this in our office are highly quantitative they love doing this and we run the numbers and we can come up with when, how much, um, etc. for the Roth conversion and we also by the way use something that sounds simplistic but we actually use our own tax reparation software. Uh, it happens to be something called ProSystem FX, but you can think of it as uh, TurboTax on steroids. So let's get to what I call the essence of a Roth IRA conversion. So what you're doing is you're taking, again, IRA, it could be our 401k, 403b, SEPQ, et cetera, money that you have not yet paid taxes with it. You're going to take that and that's tax deferred money because someday somebody is going to pay taxes on it. You take that money, typically a chunk, not all of it. You designate that and say, okay, um, that's going to become a Roth conversion. You do the appropriate paperwork. That money becomes a Roth conversion. Let's say you have the money at Schwab or wherever you have it. Schwab's going to send you a 1099. It's going to say, please add. Let's say you do a $100,000 conversion please add $100,000 to your income. And then let's just say for discussion sake to keep life simple, excuse me, that you're in the 24% tax bracket, then that would mean that you would be paying $24,000 in taxes on that Roth conversion. Then that $100,000 that you converted to a Roth is gonna grow income tax-free for the rest of your life, the rest of your spouse's life. And 10 years after you and your spouse are gone, And if you meet one of the exceptions, um, uh, potentially uh, longer. So here is the key, all right? I've been teaching this secret for, I I call it the secret, and it's, it's really critical that you get this, all right? The best way to measure IRAs or retirement plans is not total dollars. It is purchasing power. So let's take two people. They each have $100,000, all right? And they each have, in an IRA. They each have $24,000 outside the IRA. Let's keep it simple. Let's assume a $24,000 tax rate, all right? So the one person does nothing. Let's call him Mr. Status Quo. What does he have? He has $100,000 in an IRA. He has $24,000 in after-tax dollars. And let's say he does nothing. Now let's measure the $124,000. If he had to, if he wanted to use that money right now, what he would have to do is he would have to cash in his IRA, which would trigger a $24,000 tax. In this example, I conveniently have the $24,000 that he would need to pay the taxes on distributing the IRA. So he doesn't really have, $124,000 of purchasing power. He has $100,000 of purchasing power. Let's say Mr. Roth IRA conversion says, okay, I have $124,000, $100 in an IRA, $24,000 outside the IRA. I'm going to convert my IRA to a Roth, which is going to trigger a $24,000 tax. I have the money to pay the tax and I'm left with $100,000 in a Roth IRA. What if I have to, uh, what if I want to spend that money? How much tax do I have to pay on the Roth IRA? The answer, of course, is none. So measured in purchasing power, you have the same amount of purchasing power on day one. So I'm going to be measuring in purchasing power because to me that's much more meaningful than total dollars because I would much rather have $900,000 of after-tax dollars where I could spend 900000 than if I had a million in an IRA, where I could only spend six or $700,000. So we're going to measure and purchase power. And you might say, well, gee, Jim, you just broke even on day one. What about year one, year 10, year 20, et cetera? So we ran the numbers. And what we found is e- even starting at age 62, doing a series of Roth IRA conversions, um just 23 years later, you're better off by a million dollars. And if you live longer, you you're better off by well more than a million dollars. And then if you go to the next generation, they're better off by even more. Um, and by the way, that's, like I said, that is most likely to happen. So again, the the numbers are just huge on how much better off a well-timed and the appropriate amount of Roth IRA
0: conversions um,
1: are appropriate.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this special edition of Jim Lang's Retire Secure Podcast, where smart money talks. If you've had your questions answered and would like to schedule an appointment to meet with Jim, call our offices at 1-800-387-1129. That number again is 1-800-387-1129. And if you would like to attend one of Jim's upcoming virtual events, go to paytaxeslater.com forward slash webinars. That address again is paytaxeslater.com forward slash webinars to reserve your virtual spot today.